Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host Justin Baker is here in studio as we continue our series on the top ten players for a team in the National Hockey League. And just this, a team, just a team, two two different teams per week. We have already gone through a bevy of teams. I believe ten. At this point, we, we've done that is so, correct. Uh, about a third of the league. So go back, listen to the previous episodes. Should be the last five episodes uh, that you can find. And uh, don't forget to subscribe when you uh, go back and listen to those too. So uh, we are going to continue and we are going to rock out some both Stanley Cup champion teams. Uh, both teams have won the Stanley Cup one time in their team's history. And both teams are one and one in the Stanley Cup finals. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the first team being the Dallas Stars and the second being the Carolina Hurricanes, who both these teams are a little tough to do, I'd say. Not because not because they've only, you know, haven't been around for that long, which they kinda haven't, but they kinda have because the Hurricanes were the Hartford Whalers, the Dallas Stars were the Minnesota North Stars, and so finding that balance of including those guys in there uh, is a little tricky. But we're gonna make it work and uh you know, I, th- I think chances are my list, I know for sure, leans heavier on the current existing team than the its its former iteration or location, uh, especially with Minnesota. I'm Minnesota. Like they have a team now, you know, they have the wild, but they're totally separate than the North Stars who are Dallas. But we have to go back into the Minnesota. You know, it just kind of gets a little muddy, and you kind of forget about the old Minnesota guys. Whereas, at least with Hartford, there's no other Hartford team, so we can. Very true. Wait till we talk about the Coyotes, and then you're like, "Oh, do we include the Jets?" But there's already a Jets now. There's a Jets now. That's so yeah. confusing. That is. So that, I'm confused. Good luck. I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to solve this problem. Uh, okay. Well, with that said, which team would you like to uh, to begin with? Let's do Dallas. Okay, the Dallas yeah. Stars. Our lists are ready, and uh, with that, let's talk about your just missed. Just we, uh, missed. We usually have two, three guys on our just missed, guys who they almost make the cut. Yeah, if we I, were doing a top 15, they'd be in there, but they just just don't crack it. And why? They don't crack it, yeah. Um, so the, you'll be happy to know this might be the first list for me where there's no goaltenders in my top 10. Uh, for Dallas? For Dallas, yeah. You're kidding me. I'm dead serious. Yeah, no goaltenders. How? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I, I would look at the look at my guys in the top ten and be like, I I literally just can't I can't do it. And it was very difficult. I mean, like for instance, am I just missed? I have two goaltenders, Marty Turco and Ed Belfour, for example. Yeah. Um, other guys on my list, Brendan Morrow and Dino Cincerelli, they hit my just missed. But I think Belfour for me was one guy where yes, he was part of that Stanley Cup championship run. He had some really good years, even though he wasn't there for very many years, and you mostly think of him more of a Blackhawk player than a Dallas star. But anyways, I just never really liked him growing up. So when I looked at this list, I was like, uh, So this is really, a, you have just have a prejudice. In your I do have on. a prejudice against oh, Belfort. Okay. Yeah, I just don't like him. So I was just like, okay, see you. Um, yeah, and then Kerry Layton, and he just, he's recently left a bad taste in my mouth. So he didn't even make my just missed in terms of goaltenders. So, okay. I, I mean, I could, you know, Kerry Layton, and he, he was... More or less, just kind of a placeholder for for almost 500 games. The Pretty much a placeholder. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was on the stars for a long time. Uh, yeah, Mar- Marty Turco actually, he also missed my list. My thought was that he just wasn't there for any anything really significant. 
So, but but I in in previous lists I have leaned heavily on players who have pushed a team to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, and I will say I think maybe this list in particular I maybe lean that way as well. Belfour was the he he was the starter when they won the cup in '99, and he also was the starter when they went to the finals against New Jersey in 2000. So, two two Stanley Cup runs for him. Uh, he is on my list. Uh, I I am shocked that he's not on yours. I actually am legitimately shocked that he's not on yours. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But I, I look forward. I mean, hey, I'll make my case later. All right, we'll, let's uh, go. We'll uh, continue this. Okay, so. He just missed any any other any players any skaters. No, I did say okay. Dino and Brendan Morrow. On my just missed, I have Mike Ribeiro, uh, pretty high in Dallas all time scoring. I also have Brendan Morrow, who was a captain for a long time for the Stars, was on my list until I tacked in North Stars players, uh, and then John Klingberg, who I think will be on this list when all is said and done. Uh, at the end of his career, but not right now. And then I also have Neil Broughton, who is the all-time Minnesota North Stars leader in points. Wow. And uh, just missed my list. So with that said, you're number 10. Number 10, the first American-born captain to raise the Stanley Cup, Darian Hatcher. I also have Darian Hatcher at number 10. All right. So this list is starting off very well. Very well, indeed, yeah. Um no stranger to the heavy hitting and speaking of heavy hitting you know just i watched today's video uh from yesterday cronwall retiring so a tip of my cap to you mr cronwall but uh much like him darian hatcher was known for throwing his body around and very solid on the blue line as a defenseman for the the stars through their stanley cup runs and there's a reason why you know late 90s early 2000s this dallas stars team was known as just a shutdown defensive team and he was a big part of that Yep, never a big goal scorer. Uh, the most goals he ever had in a season was 12, and that was in his rookie year, which, fun fact, he played 83 games that year. Wow. And, uh, yeah, 31 points is his career high, and he did that three separate times. So not a big point guy, but definitely a huge impact on the air. Like, I mean, he was he was as much like Zidono Chara in the way that he wasn't fast. He actually, I mean, basically after the lockout, you know, he, he went to Detroit right before the lockout and really struggled. He got hurt. He only played 15 games. Then he goes to the Flyers and he just was kind of a shell of himself after the rules opened the game up and he couldn't can opener people anymore. Right. And, and so during his era, which is, you know, from, he played for the stars. Actually, he also was on the North stars, 91 and, uh, until 2003, he was with the organization. So 13 seasons, I think. Uh, he is definitely a reason why they won the cup. He was a, you. You couldn't take the puck onto his side of the ice without fear of, you know, getting destroyed. <laughs> That's <laughs> which uh, well go look up some Darian Hatcher hits and you'll see exactly why he made our list. Um, my number nine is a guy who missed your list. He was on your just missed, and he is the all-time goal scorer for. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's not the all-time goal scorer for the Minnesota North Stars, but he is in terms of uh, goals per game. Goals per he game, is okay. The highest, and that is Dino Cicerelli. Ooh. Which uh, I believe Dino Cicerelli is. Yeah, he's five point five five one goals per game. So three hundred and thirty-two goals in six hundred games. 
Uh, he's the only guy with 300 goals for two different teams, or 200. I think it's 200 goals for three different teams. Only wow, guy. That's a nice little tidbit. I, I'm pretty sure that that is. That, I'm gonna go look that up right the, now. That that's the stat. I know Dino Cicerelli has some unique kind of thing. Yeah, because he is he is 600 goals total. No, he's got a uh, 300 for Minnesota. 112 for Washington, 107 for Detroit. So, well, it's something. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, he scored a certain amount of goals. He's got 200 or more points for three different teams, though. Maybe that's where you're referring to. I think to, it's so. three different teams. He scored 40 or more goals. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Something cool about Dino Cicerelli that apparently I botched. So, Dino Cicerelli, though, at number nine, I, I mean, when I he's my only player that I have that was on the North Stars and played a significant amount of time. Uh, I know like Brian Bellows is the all-time goal scorer for them, played 150 more games than Dino and uh, Neil Broughton, obviously the leading goal scorer. Probably two guys maybe that are on your list, one of those guys. Both maybe. And, uh, I, In terms of talent, a talent level, Dino Cicerelli was, was the guy. And uh, yeah, those, those other two, they just they kind of played in an era where goal scoring was way up. So it's hard to look at their stats and go, yeah, those guys were phenomenal. They just happened to play at a time where they were pretty good. I think one of them was, I think uh, both of them were taken pretty early. Yeah, Brian Bellows was taken second overall and Neil Broughton later in the third round. But yeah, Brian Bellows was second overall pick. So he definitely had high expectations, had some 40 goal seasons and uh, nice player, but just didn't miss my, make my list. Yeah, well, number nine for me, Brian Bellows. Uh, almost a point per game for the Minnesota North Stars is in his, in his tenure tenure. Uh, say that ten times ten, fast. Tenure tenure? Tenure tenure. Which uh, uh, Brian Bellows was actually on the Montreal Canadiens in 93 when they won the cup. Yes, he was. His only cup. Um, but number two in goals all time for this franchise when we talk about Dallas and Minnesota and a number three all time in points. So for me, he makes my list at number nine. And Neil Broughton won gold in the 1980 Olympics. He was on that USA team. Was he really? Yep. I forgot about that. So I'll give him the tip of the cap for that. Um, Your number eight. Eight? Number eight for me, Joe Newendike. He is also my number eight. Wow. This is tracking pretty well. List is great. All right. We did not compare lists before the show. Mark actually hides his list, even though both of us have computers open. He hides his on his phone, so I I can't see it (laughs) and change mine mid show. I want it to be a (laughs) surprise. All right, well, why don't we move on to number seven then? Uh, well, I mean, we got to talk about Joe Noonan. Do we? Okay, I mean, sure. Joe Noonan, like, he is eighth all time in scoring, right? Like, there are guys ahead of him that missed my that missed both our lists. Brendan Morrow's third all time in scoring for the Stars. Uh, granted, he did it in far more games, uh, but and, and had, had about a thousand more penalty minutes than the next guy. Uh, but Joe Newendike, I think, just played such a key role for this team for so long. I mean, he was just, he's a hall of fame player and he's kind of that guy who moved around a little bit. Maybe he wasn't with the stars for as long as some of these other guys only, only played there for uh, what 400 and something regular season games, but had some fantastic playoff years. And in the, in the cup run, he had 21 points in 23 games. So got to give him that. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So, number seven, seven for me, Sergey Zuboff. Uh, unlike Darian Hatcher, he wasn't known for his physicality, but his offensive production. Uh, this was a guy who just, I mean, I think his best season was 70-ish points, something yeah. in that range. 
Um, but yeah, he was a force to be reckoned with on the blue line. He was a guy who could give you 26, 28 minutes a night, every night for, for Dallas. And he just, he never slowed down at all. He, he played the game with, with a good quick pace. And, uh, he was just one of those guys that could get the, the puck off his stick and to the other blue line, just super quick. So, um, for me, just an integral part of their cup run and, uh, very, just a very, very good defenseman. Yeah. So defenseman putting up. 66 I mean he did this for Pittsburgh you know he played for Pittsburgh in New York and I mean he he put up some big points during a time when you know he had multiple 50 point seasons during a time when goal scoring was way down I mean 98 99 51 points it's fantastic uh he had 55 I think was his career high with Dallas with Dallas uh but yeah he definitely fantastic player he's he's higher on my list okay uh I'm I'm looking at him like where Darian Hatcher is your your big man. Zubov was really a rare type of defenseman in the late '90s where he could really skate and move the puck and uh, would probably have been much better playing today than he was then. Absolutely, because of the way the rules are. Uh, my number seven is the man who scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in 1999 Ooh. with a toe in the crease, and that is Brett Hall. Don't like to talk about that. They, yes, the NHL definitely doesn't like to talk about that because 100% his foot was in the crease. And according to all the rules, he should have been, it should have been called no goal. But why that was ever in place to begin with, absolute. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you. That was just a stupid rule to have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for whatever, like me growing up being just a, a huge Hoshik fan, right? I hated Brett Hall for a while because of that. Even though, again, I completely agree. I think the rule was absolutely garbage. But wanting Hoshik to win that cup so badly, I was just so pissed off about it for so long. Until Hoshik and Hall both showed up in Detroit and were friends and won a Stanley Cup. And then all was well. So. That's right. Yes. Maybe he did it for him. Maybe he did. He's like, I robbed this man of a Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm going to go sign in Detroit to make up for now, it. Now, in, in fairness, you know, some people may say, hey, he didn't really. I mean, obviously, Brett Hull, his, the bulk of his career was spent with St. Louis, and that's where he did most of his damage. Uh, but three years with the Stars, and he, you know, he never put up huge numbers. In the year after they won the Cup, he had 79 points. Uh, but I mean, he scored the biggest goal in Dallas Stars history. And really, it was looked at Ken Hitchcock was the coach. And he was looked at like he had to change his entire game to come to Dallas and in order to be effective. And it was kind of this like feeling out process with Ken Hitchcock. And he comes in there and kind of has to change his game, but does it and then scores the biggest goal of his career. It's the one everyone remembers, despite the fact that, you know, he scored 86 one year. He scored yeah, not seven, shabby. He scored over <laughs> 70 another two times. Like the guy is unbelievable. And then he scored, he scored 50 goals. Two more times <laughs> and uh, four, 40 goals a few more times. So, I mean, yeah, you guy just scored nonstop. Uh, granted, some of those were when goal scoring was out of control, but still, I mean, still, still, still late in his career, scoring 30, 37, and then 25 for the Wings. Tried to make it in Phoenix. Didn't try didn't to do much. <laughs> I remember he was just way too slow. I, I had a buddy who his uncle was. Chris Chelios's agent. And so he, you know, Chris Chelios, he like arranged this thing, knew his nephew had a, a huge thing for the wings and was like, you know, I'm going to, you come over and just like hang out with some of the guys while I work with Chris on something. So Chris Chelios invites a bunch of guys over on the wings. And 
I don't remember exactly who was there. This is like, this would have been maybe 2002, 2003. So it was right around when they were yeah, unbelievable. Freaking good. Brett Hull was there playing with them and they were playing like NHL 2002 or whatever. <laughs> and I remember him telling me he only wanted to be himself in the game and he just kept trying to shoot. He just shot <laughs> this guy every time. And, wow. Oh, you know what? And it was when he was, he was trying to get number 700. Oh, okay. And yeah. he, he was like, and I think he had like four or five goals, you know, in the video game. And I remember him telling me, yeah, he keeps, he keeps saying, I can score in the game. Why can't I score in real life? Because I think he went like 10 games without a goal. And it was during that drought. That's funny. And then I want to say it was a game or two later he went and he scored a 700th goal. So I said, dude, you were the reason. You gave him the confidence. You gave him 700. the <laughs> so, Anyways, oh. uh, you're number six. Uh, number six, Neil Broughton on my list. Uh, a guy who never really played for Dallas, but did play for the North Stars and is pretty much one of the... I mean, he's what number two? Yeah, number two. Number two, all and, time. And he did in make points. it to a Stanley Cup final. He did, yeah. And actually, you know what? Mike Madonna would have been there, right? No, 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 no. It was no, the Mad- year, yeah, before. Yeah, how did right they before. get Mike Madonna and Darian Hatcher in the same year, rookie season? It's maybe maybe drafted different. Uh, my number six is a guy who won his fair share of selkies. Ooh. And that is Yuri Lettinen. He's a little higher on my list. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Yuri Lettinen, fifth all time scorer and you know, just an unbelievable two way winger, which you don't hear about too often. A two way winger. You hear a lot about these two way centers. And back in a in a time when, you know, everyone was Stone is bringing it back. He was just he was rocking. Uh is he had thirty thirty three goals. In 0506, that was his best year. So I mean, he he scored 30 goals twice. Usually was scoring scoring 20 goals, and uh, honestly, 2000 like in in 99 2000, uh, he got he was hurt most of the year. He only played 17 games and played some in the playoffs. And so, you know, that's you're hurt all year long, and you just you fight to come back for the playoffs. Maybe you're not 100. percent and you got to think that uh, yeah, healthy Yuri Lettinen maybe the uh, like a a playoff Yuri Lettinen is a pretty significant type of player. I mean, he had 13 points in 23 games the year before, 10 goals though, and drops down to one. Drops down to one. So yeah, yeah. get a couple more goals there. Maybe you put New Jersey on ice. Yeah. So yeah, and that was a series where goals were, were at a premium, hard to find. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that freaking goal that Jason Arnett scored to win the cup. I remember I was watching it. It was like triple or double or triple overtime. And I saw Arna. I mean, this is this is before HD or anything. So right. the Glow screen time. is smaller, you know. <laughs> and I remember seeing, not, not, not mid-90s, this is late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. And I remember seeing Jason Arnett like disappear to the bottom of the screen, and I just go no. And I saw the defenseman. I don't know. I don't remember which defenseman, but I saw the defenseman come up, and two guys go on the puck carrier, and I just go no, it's Arnett. And then pass over to Arnett. He scores the goal, and I just said I, I told you guys, I told yep. you you should have gotten Arnett. Like, I'm this like I think I was 13 at the time. Oh, how many 14. times have we played that game watching yeah. the? Watching it live, my gosh! If only I was there, I could have told them those tube TVs. If only you could just play the game from up above. <laughs> It'd be nice. Uh, okay, my number five. My number five. Brett Hall. Yes, okay, we did you talk about him. Much higher on your list, yeah. especially for a guy who 
Only played 218 games. Yeah, I only mean, probably a few by seasons. far the fewest games played on your list. Yeah, but I think the significant and the impact he had while on the team was very, very good for me and uh, his leadership ability. And obviously, we we talked about the game winning goal and toe in the crease uh, had a had a big impact on where he landed on my list. So put him up to number five. And again, like we talked about, I think you know guys what they did. You know, not necessarily how many games they played, but yeah. Let's put this into perspective. A guy who makes number five on your list, number seven on mine, so pretty high as well. Uh, the reason he's on our list is because he scored the most in illegitimate goal of all time. <laughs> illegitimate, I love that. Win them the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> number five for me is the fifth overall score for the Dallas Stars, a man who has almost a point per game, uh, really in terms of guys who have played a lot more than 221 games for the Stars, which Brad Richards is the only guy who has more than a point per game, uh, is Tyler Sagan. He's got 464 and 469 and uh, has done it scoring a, a goals aplenty as well, fifth all-time in, in goals. And where he sits, I mean, he's 75 goals away from Jamie Benn, which obviously Jamie Benn, isn't done scoring goals. Although Jamie Ben has seemingly taken a somewhat of a step back. Uh, but my guess, I mean, if Tyler Sagan scores 38 goals, so probably sometime in the next two years, uh, maybe this year, who knows, he'll be third all time in stars scoring. So uh, I think that obviously he's, he's higher on your list than I have him. Uh, but fifth, all fifth for right now, He'll move up that list maybe at the end of this year. You know, I look at this and I go, eh, he should be higher. But fifth for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, number five for me. I'm sorry. I just said number five. Number four for me, excuse me, uh, Yuri Leitner. To me, one of the best two-way wingers the game's ever seen. And just his ability to play on both ends of the ice was huge for Dallas Stars team. Mid, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, that was just a shutdown team. and His name was Jim Smith. Right. We would probably know who he is more. Like of if course. he was a Canadian guy or even American born, we would probably have heard a lot more about him. He did win the awards, but, and if he had played, let's say he had played in Montreal and his name was Patrice Lapalway. <laughs> I don't know wow, how to make him. That French last but, name. You know, that's, I, I think he probably gets more play as uh, maybe one of the, you're right, one of the best all time defensive wingers ever yeah and if i mean he you know his his point totals too weren't anything to get excited about although i mean he did consistently put up 40 to 50 points every year there was no doubt he was going to produce when he was healthy um however he just didn't like have any of those 80 90 point seasons that you you know you think of today right that player he also played in an era where defense was maybe a little more important yeah and he he was one of the best never made a mistake okay uh number four for me is jamie ben Okay. I think the one guy who's won a, uh, I don't think Mike Madonna ever won a scoring title. No, he didn't. No, he did uh, not. So yeah, Jamie Ben, the one, one Dallas star who has won a scoring title. So, uh, yeah, he's fourth all time. And I think he maybe has a chance to, uh, to supplant one or two of the guys up here. Uh, but for right now, I want to see him do something in the playoffs. And to me, that is, that's the big reason why these guys are maybe a little lower for me tyler sagan and and jamie ben really haven't done much for dallas in terms of playoff production and so 
uh, the three guys ahead of him have all won the cup. And that, that plays something for me. So Okay. I respect that. Yeah. For me, number three, uh, Tyler Sagan. I think he's probably going to end up being the second best centerman to ever play for this team when it's all said and done. Um, you know, whether or not he gets that, that championship is still to be determined. I think they have a very, very good shot this year to do so. Um, they might be my dark horse to win it, but... Yeah, I can't wait to get to some but predictions. We'll, we'll, We're close. Yeah. We'll, we'll We're talk close about that soon. So, uh, hang around, keep listening. You might you might hear a little bit more about Dallas and our predictions later on down the road. But yeah, number three for me, Tyler Sagan. All right, my number three is Sergey Zubov. Okay, I have him much higher on my list. Yes, you do. I think a huge impact in terms of uh, that Stanley Cup run, and also is the all time leader in points by a fair margin. And so I think he. He's up there right now. I think, you know, John Klingberg, looking at what he's been able to do in his first 367 games, uh, he's he's on pace to, you know, to do something real special, probably move way up this list. But uh, Sergei Zubov, to me, the best defenseman who has ever played for this team. Yeah, thus no, far. No doubt. No doubt. I think a couple more years, you know, talk to me. You'll hear Klingberg's name on my list. You might even hear, uh, Hes- you know, Heiskanen's yeah, name on this list, too. Yeah, yep. Dude's freaking unbelievable. He yes. skates like McDavid and plays like Lidstrom. So, uh, you know. That is some high praise. I mean, uh, no, maybe overhyping him a little who's bit. Who's your number two? Number two for me, Jamie Benn. Um, okay, yeah, Jamie Benn a lot higher. Yeah, yeah he's, he, you know, for this franchise, he's number 10 in games played, but he's up there number five in points. And I, I think when it's all said and done, his production will be looked upon as probably maybe number two or three up there. He'll, mm-hmm. you know, he'll move up this list. And I still think he's a very productive player and especially playing, you know, with that big three, you know, I think, um, you know, he has the opportunity to still produce and hopefully, you know, get that illustrious championship for this this team too okay my number two missed your freaking list eddie and it is eddie eddie belfour okay i like i can't believe he's not in your he's list not, i just i can't started do making it. this list and i just started at one went to two and like that's i didn't look anything up i just kind of like i like to just make the list off the top of my head and then fill in the blanks ed belfour to me like i don't think of him as being a chicago blackhawk i really? think of him as and he played for the leafs too but I think of him as a Dallas star. Like that's where he did most of his much of his damage. Can you believe that the Chicago Blackhawks had Dominic Hasek and Ed Belfort at the same time? <laughs> it's insane. They Pro- drafted both of them. They did. Yeah. But yeah, Belfort five seasons with Dallas. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was good. I, I man, you know, I, his numbers weren't like just out of this world good in terms of save percentage, but the goals against. And he I, also I think that in a time where like nobody was helping the goalies. No, not right. necessarily. But I, I mean, again, I, I think of this team as a whole. Dallas, they were just so so good defensively. I think of them more like the New York Islanders, right? They didn't score a ton, um, you know. And I guess maybe in, I mean, they probably scored a little bit more than the Islanders if we're comparing teams. But uh, a much better team. Yeah, yeah. This team had Hall of Fame players. Sure. I don't see a Hall of Fame player. But I, I guess I mean in terms of defensive systems, they're kind of like the New York Islanders in terms of where they just they kept guys to one or two goals every night. And Belfour, he had two straight seasons of under two goals against average. Yeah. So I mean, that's is that him or is that the team in front of him? And I kind of looked at it at maybe a little bit of both. So, but there's a lot like, yes, in order to be good, you have to good have a good team in front of you. Right. Yeah, like, of course. There's not too many goalies who you're just like, well, that, that guy's team sucks, but he's winning a cup because he's that good. Like that doesn't, other than Dominic Hasek in the right. 90s. And that team had some had some pretty fantastic players on it too. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's my number two. And once I think we've pretty much had a consensus number one other than the Red Wings. 
I was our only not consensus number one. It was. You had yeah. you had uh, Steve Eiserman, I had Gordy Howe. And uh, it is Mike Madano at number one. Yeah, number one in every category across the board for this team. Yep, other than penalty minutes. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. He and uh, yeah, one thousand and fifty points in one thousand one hundred and forty two games and was just he uh, he really didn't get a lot of play for his two way game, but he really was a great two way center as well. And this, I mean, the team was loaded with these, like Joe Newendike, two-way center. Mike Madano could fly. Like he was, Mike Madano was fast before being fast was cool. Right. <laughs> and he wore, had those white skates back in the day. He used oh, white goodness. skates, I think. So yeah. tried try to play with the Red Wings for a minute. That was, I was excited and disappointed yeah. at the same time because yeah. was, it, was, it was odd looking. It was, he was just past it. So, okay, well, that's the Dallas Stars. Let us know what you think. At OT Hockey Talk, we're going to move right along into the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to give you my two just missed. Carolina Hurricanes just missed. I have Jordan Stahl, who was on my list, and then I went, eh, I just can't have him on my list because he really has just been a part of a failure of an organization, and he was overrated and really was just the number one center on a team that had no one else. So uh, he misses my list, and then uh, Tuvo Teravainen, just missed my list. He the reason I'm putting him on there is because on uh, some different sites they had him at nine and ten as uh, guys on the hurricane. So he's missing my list though. Don't think he's done enough there. Only played 245 games, and I think there's some guys who are a little better. So. Sure. Okay. Respect. My just missed. Uh, maybe one guy that made your list. He 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 seemed to show up on a lot of people's lists, but for some reason I just I looked at other names and I thought eh, I kind of want to put these guys ahead of them so no knock on this guy Eric Cole and also Jeff O'Neill making my just missed as well so yep yeah. Jeff O'Neill missed my list as well alright well and, and so did pretty much every no every uh, Harford, Harford Baylor yeah, yeah. I, like I don't have Gordy Chris, Howe made your just missed I, <laughs> I don't have Chris <laughs> Pronger or like Brendan Shanahan on here I right right uh, you know they didn't play in Hartford long enough and I don't have uh, I don't have some of the you know the forwards that graced our presence in Hartford that were pretty good. Guys like Kevin Deneen and Pat Verbeek uh, didn't make my list. Only one guy who really played for the Hartford Whalers made my list for the Carolina Hurricanes, and we'll hear that portion of the list later. So you're number 10. My number 10, Justin Falk, uh, a guy who is maybe half captain. Um, <laughs> he serves what half it's, cap? It's the away games. He's he's captain for this That's team. That's how that works. Yeah, and then Williams is the home team. So, um, yeah. So Justin Falk, a guy who you know, even though his name's been thrown around the the trading block a, a few years in a row, maybe now, but because they just have an abundance of just quality D men back there yep. and prospects. But uh, he's consistently performed year in and year out for this team. He's just been up there in terms of production from defensemen. Um, he's consistently good back there i don't ever have a like he's one of those defensemen where i would be happy to have him on my team and just i would never worry about anything he does and he still puts up the numbers every year he's so. the perfect number three defenseman in an organization he can play up he can be on the second pairing but he can also be a great he's a great power play quarterback yeah fantastic so yeah he he's he's very serviceable and he is the highest scoring defenseman in Carolina Hurricanes history has played the second most games for defensemen for the Hurricanes and uh he actually is my number 9. Okay. My number 10 is Glenn Wesley who Ooh. has by far the most games played as a Carolina Hurricanes defenseman and my guess is Justin Falk will not 
beat the, his amount of games because I think Justin Falk will be dealt at some point. At some point, or he'll sign somewhere else. But uh, Glenn, Glenn Wesley's played 729 games for this organization, which uh, there's there's really only a couple guys, uh, one one guy, sorry, who's played more games, and that's a guy who will appear higher on the list. But yeah, Glenn Wesley, he was a part of that Stanley Cup winning team. And he really was the veteran presence on the back end those uh, those couple years when Carolina was he was there in 2002 when Carolina was going to the finals against Detroit in which they had zero chance because that was like one of the greatest teams ever assembled right. <laughs> and then he uh, then he was actually dealt to the Leafs at a deadline and then just went right back signed with the Hurricanes again and was there for the Stanley Cup team which he wasn't necessarily. Uh, the impact defenseman there yeah. or anything, but he he provided a ton of veteran leadership, and uh, so yeah, he's he also was on the Hartford Whalers. You know, he, he played for that team for a long time. So uh, he's my number ten. Justin Falk, my number nine. Who's your number nine? Wesley, Glenn Wesley. Yeah. All right, Perfect. I didn't want to interrupt Perfect. you while you were going, but yeah, he should have. I should interrupt me. I had yeah. to talk a lot. <laughs> he came in at number nine for me, and so uh, I won't even say anything more about him except for his longevity was fantastic and leadership was just great for this team. Um, but number eight, moving on for me, Sebastian Ajo. Okay. A guy who's only been there for three seasons, yep. but yep. his impact is already being seen. Um, I think when all is said and done, he could be one of the top three Carolina Hurricanes of all time. Um to probably, you know, in terms of point totals, productions, and all that sort of stuff. And I think maybe the one thing missing from his resume that he's going to need to be considered one of the all-time greats would be a championship um, because you got, you know, obviously other guys sure. on the list who sure. have gotten there. But um, I, I think Carolina, if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to have a pretty damn good chance of getting one. Okay. Um, Your number eight. My number eight is Eric Cole. Okay. Eric Cole's fourth all-time goal scorer for this team and was a part of that Stanley Cup in 06, I believe. Yes. yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you had to think about it. However, he only played two games that year. Um, he was a bigger part of the, the team that went to the finals in 02, uh, but he always, I mean, he put up some huge, huge goals, especially uh, goal-scoring seasons, and was just kind of that power forward type of guy for the the Carolina Hurricanes. I you know, for a guy who's fourth all-time in scoring, he really I debated back and forth like should he miss make this list? Should he miss it? And I think that in 10 years Eric Cole probably is bumped off this list. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, my number 7 is Sebastian Aho and uh, I I put Sebastian Aho ahead of Eric Cole because I said Ajo is definitely a better player than Eric Cole Absolutely. ever was. Like he's better now than Eric Cole ever was. However, different eras and and uh, considering what he did for the organization, also played 557 games. So that's nothing to balk at either. So uh, I have Cole at eight, Ajo at seven. Your number seven, Kevin Deneen. Okay. Yeah. You, you Came got in, some Hartford guys. Yeah. He did play two seasons, though, with Carolina when they did move. So nice. uh, he did get some time in, albeit short. But uh, yeah, he, this, in terms of points finished for this franchise, he was third all time for this franchise. So um, almost a point per game. I think it was 579 games played and like 503 points. Yeah. Yeah. So not too bad. And I think even though there wasn't any sort of playoff success for this guy, he still was, you know, a big part of, you know, their success early on. So, okay. Number six. Um, my number six is 
a man who recently decided to step away from the game for a minute. Okay. Uh, I think he'll be back. But it's Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams. He was a... Uh, I got to watch him play for the Plymouth Whalers close by here. And uh, as we're both live very close to Plymouth and was an unbelievable player there. Of course, drafted by the Flyers and then went to Carolina and was a hoss, had his best year of his career, the year that they won the cup. And uh, in that Stanley Cup final, or in that year, he had 18 points in 25 games. Of course, he goes on to have some, he wins a Conn Smythe with LA and wins two more cups. Uh, but the fact that he came back and had two more really productive years after maybe having some, uh, not, not necessarily a down, a down year, but like really kind of reset his career, came to Carolina with the idea of, hey, I really want to go back here. This is where I want to live. And I really think that that was a huge reason for Carolina's turnaround. Like his leadership kind of provided that loose, you know, hey, let's have some fun here. And I think that he was a big part of that bunch of jerks that kind of formed. Bunch of jerks. And so I like I can appreciate what Justin Williams did in the past, but also what he is still doing for this team, even though he, you know, he left for ten like what, ten years and then came back and here he is again making a big impact on the team. And I think he'll be back. I hope he does. I yeah. think he just doesn't want to go through chain and camp. <laughs> I can't blame him. No, maybe he maybe he just shows up, you know, like Mike Fisher at the deadline. And, yeah, why not? And yeah. Hey, so. yeah, I'm, I'm willing to play for three months and go on a Stanley Cup run and yeah, I'll be fresh. Why not? You know, and that would be great for this team too. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Heck uh, all right. So number six for me, that was your number six, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Skinner. Okay. Um, just a great goal scorer early on in his career. And I think he, he got a lot of slack where, um, you know, I think maybe people expected a little bit more out of him during his time in Carolina. I mean, granted, you know, he was putting up, you know, he did have one down year. I mean, he had a 31 goal rookie season. And right. Then, and then it took him another three years to get 33. And then it took him another three years to get 37. And uh, of course, now he's on the Sabres and he goes and he gets 40 goals. And right. Look what but happens I, when you play with someone who's good. Well, there you go. Yeah. But I will say he he was a quality player. He's still I mean, he it's it's not like his production was terrible outside of, I think, a 31 point season and 14, 15. Uh, but other than that, he still was putting up some decent, you know, 40, 50 point season, 60 points. And so um, to me, this was a guy who was, you know, consistent with his numbers, if anything at all. And uh, for, you know, teams that, you know, at that time, Carolina were not very good. They weren't making the playoffs and he still showed up and, and played. And I think, you know, if he hadn't had that that great rookie season, he wouldn't have got so much heat and probably wouldn't have been dealt or, you know, left yeah. for Buffalo. So, yeah, uh, you know, the it's t- it's I feel bad for him because even he played two years in the OHL and went right into the NHL and he's played, you know, since 0809, he started, he played a year for the Kitchener Rangers. Here we are 10 years later and the only playoffs he's ever played in was in 2009-10 with the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, that sucks. And they played 20 games in the playoffs, so 20 playoff games. And over 188, 188, or sorry, 788 regular season games, and he's had 20 playoffs. It's games. like Matt Duchesne. That's rough. It took him forever to get there. That's rough. Uh, I, I don't expect Buffalo to make the playoffs this year either. So. No, I do not. Well, I don't want to spoil I just so did. Good luck. Son of a... You just right. spoiled. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, my number five is the only goaltender to make this list. 
And uh, kind of by default, he's on this list. He's my number five uh, as well. I mean, he won a Conn Smythe for this team when they won the Cup in 06. Really got paid based on that one season and was mediocre until then. But he is the uh, the franchise leader in just about everything for goals. More than and double so. than, I mean, the next closest guy yeah, in terms I mean, of wins. 318 <laughs> wins. Or Arter Zerbe is 130. Now, Arter Zerbe was their goaltender when they went to the final in 02, and he was magical. He still had the same dirty-ass white pads that he used when he was a rookie in San Jose. Dirty-ass. Cracked me up every time I watched him play in those. But, yes, Cam Ward, he's also my number five, just the franchise leader in every statistical category for goaltenders. He's just, uh, you know, what can you say about a guy that, you know, they trusted and gave, you know, he, he, he wasn't great, but he wasn't, terrible he, he still showed up and he produced for this team he gave him a chance um you know you never really looked at him and be like man he's the reason we're we're losing much like scott darling you know a couple seasons ago so uh he was never that bad and he you know always produced and i was glad he got to sign a one-day contract before he retired you know so. in 0506 in the regular season he had a 368 goals against average and an 882 save percentage he was 14 and 8 he goes to the playoffs and he he goes fifteen and eight, nine two zero save percentage and two fourteen goals against. Yeah, this I he all he like he literally had the greatest run, and then he only made the playoffs one other time. Right? Yeah, because the teams in front of him were just never really that good. Yep. So, yeah, they are they are actually the last team to win the cup and then miss the playoffs the following year. They are. That is correct. And I think the last team before that was uh, somebody like a long, long time ago. So. Yeah. Um, okay, my number three, four, number four. Number oh, five I'm sorry. Cam Ward. Who's your Who's your number? Five? Cam Ward was number four for me. Oh, okay. okay. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I, I messed. Cam Ward was number five. My number four, Justin Williams. I'm sorry. Okay, so you yeah. have Justin Williams higher. We have Cam Ward at the same place. Okay, yes, we do. Yeah. So Justin so, Williams. Justin Williams. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Game Seven. What hasn't already been said? Yeah. So you're number four. I'm sorry. Um, my number four is Jeff Skinner. Okay. I think uh, in terms of talent, incredible player for this team. Really, if he hadn't had some of those concussions, probably does even better. And uh, he sits fifth all-time in games played. He's third all-time in points, and he is second all-time in goals. And so he deserves to be in the top five right now. Right now. I, I agree. Think, I think it'll change, but uh, right now... You know, he's, I mean, Jeff Skinner is a, he's like that notch below a superstar. He's a, he is a star, but he generally is not the guy that you're looking to, uh, probably because somewhat, cause he's a winger, but it's like, he's not quite like an Ovechkin on the wing, but he's really good. And he's been really good for a long time. Right. I mean, it's, it seems like he's still really young because he's only, I think he's only he's 27. Like 27. Yeah, so he's right well, in his prime. He's been in the league for nine years. He came in at 18. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Jeff Skinner's my number four. Okay. Uh, number, number three? My number three is Rod Brindamore. As is mine. Okay, yeah, Rod Brindamore is the second all-time scorer for this team, and uh, for, for Carolina, at least. And, uh, yeah, he just always that hard nose, like two-way center, basically you're – you're Yuri Lettinen for the Carolina Hurricanes kind of guy, but he actually put up some big points and is now their coach. Yeah, and a fantastic coach, and he might honestly be in better shape than most of the guys on the Hurricanes. So That's entirely possible. Yeah, very intimidating for a lot of those players, so they know they can't talk back to this guy or, 
Or he, he might actually throw I mean, the gloves. Rod Brindamore has almost 1,200 points in in just under 1,500 games. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, the guy played for a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, he had some really good years in Philly as well. And uh, yeah, he was still, I mean, even at 36, he put up 82 points in 78 games. So nothing to shake your head at. Nothing to shake your head at. Um, your number two. Guessing it's probably the same as you. Probably Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl, the all-time leader in points for just the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, 775 points in 909 games. He, I mean, he was phenomenal the year that they they went to the finals. 28 game. 28 yeah, he should have been the Smythe winner, in my should've opinion. Should have been the Smythe winner, yeah. Uh, he, scored, he scored 40 once, 33 times for the Hurricanes. And then, of course, he went on to score 40 for the Wild as well. But, uh, yeah, Eric Stahl, just kind of your prototypical power forward um, had a hundred points in 0506 and was he I mean he was just unbelievable at that time. Yeah, he's what I refer to now as the poor man's Ryan Getzlaff, basically. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And Although I think I think he might like his production now is still gonna be better, I think. He has the opportunity, I think. Yeah, I to, mean Ryan Getzlaff and Eric Stahl are really comparable. They are. It's just Eric Stahl didn't have Jordan he didn't have uh Corey Perry Corey next Perry. to him. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think, too, you know, even though his production dipped a little bit, you know, during his last few years in, in Carolina, I think if it wasn't for that massive contract, he'd still be a hurricane today. That's probably true. I mean, let's be honest. He, his dip was he was getting 70 points, and then he had, he had 53 points in, eight, in 48 games in a lockout year. And then he goes, yeah, 54 points in 77 games. Then he gets his 33 points in 63 games. But remember, that was... That was the year they were talking about trading him. There was a lot of rumors. The team was really bad. And so, I mean, there was just, it was, I'm sure, difficult circumstances to play under. And then, of course, things go well, and he goes and gets 65, 76, 52. Like, the guy is still a first-line center. Maybe not on a Stanley Cup winning team anymore. He's probably a second-line center on a really good team. But I'm hoping that he finds his way somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he had a 40, 40 goal season in Minnesota just first a year ago. You know, yeah, just yeah, a year. Yep. Last year was was okay. Um, I think we're probably going to see also a bad Minnesota team, like, right? But fifty even, points still. I I think we still got an opportunity to see you know a potential 40, 50 point season out of this guy. So yep, absolutely. Uh, number one, I'm guessing for you as well as for me is Mr. Ron Francis. Ron freaking Francis. Yeah, even though he was mostly a Hartford Whaler, um, three hundred and fifty four points. In seven four hundred and seventy two games for the Hurricanes, yes. and then the all time leader in points for the Hartford Whalers, he had eight hundred and twenty one points in seven hundred and fourteen games. Yeah, uh, four hundred points exactly more than Eric Stahl in terms of all time for this yeah. franchise from number one and number two. Just happened like he played. You know, he was fantastic in Pittsburgh. Had a couple hundred point seasons there, but yeah, I mean for Hartford, he. He did have a 101-point season in 89-90, was always putting up huge points. Almost always he had 50-plus assists. I mean, he, in 95-96, he had 92 assists. I mean, that's... <laughs> when you're feeding the puck to Yager all the time, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, he was, that was exactly who he was, yeah. So, yeah, who could blame I mean, him? Even in, like, you know, towards the end of his career, it last he gets traded to the Leafs. He still had 10 points in 12 games. Still getting, productive, getting but dealt, I mean, so. just age caught up with him, and you got to retire sometime. I, I believe guess, so. he was on our Pittsburgh Penguins list too, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? Yeah. So there's our list, and uh, if let us know what you think. If you think that 
you know, Chris Pronger should have been at the top of that list. You let us know. <laughs> let us know what you think. Uh, on our next show, we will be doing two more teams. And I'm going to let you pick the Eastern Conference team. You're going to let me. I'm going to let you. Okay. I, thanks. <laughs> gosh, you know what? My <laughs> so wife, generous. My wife, if I say, hey, can you do this? She's like, yes, master. <laughs> like, oh, my no. Gosh, that's not what it is. That's uh, just. Anyways, mm. I'm done being nice. Pick a fucking team. All right. <laughs> I'm not telling you right now, but. Damn it. Why? Not going to happen. What? All right. You're not going to tell us? You're not going to tease it? All right, fine, whatever. Let's see, Eastern Conference teams. I know, I know, people want to. I know you want to know. You're sitting there listening right now, and you're like, "Who is the damn team?" I want to find out if I actually want to listen All right. next time. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, that'll be a that'll be a sweet list. Uh, Frederick Modine will be very high on mine. Very nice. Uh, in terms of the Western Conference, I'd like to turn our attention to a Canadian team, and that Canadian team is the Vancouver Canucks. Very nice. So we will do Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vancouver Canucks uh, on our next show. Uh, let us know, you know, if you have any immediate thoughts, things we can sh- should consider heading into the next show. Let us know at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, also, side note, you can follow us on Instagram. You should do that right now. Go follow us on Instagram at OT Hockey Talk. Same thing. And uh, there's there's going to be some some good stuff coming. Gonna be some good stuff coming for the some really good stuff. So, so uh, go follow us on Instagram. We'd love it, and we'll follow you back and all that stuff. So, we will talk to you guys soon. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. There's only like ten days, twelve days till training camp. So, enjoy the next ten days because the rest of your life is planned out until June. Right. Keep that. In mind.